Let's pray. Father, as we come now to open Your Word and read it again and hear it proclaimed, we ask and pray, Father, that You would bless us, that we would understand Your Word this morning, that we would see the reason why Christ came to this earth. It's very simple, to save His people from their sins. Father, bless the reading, hearing, and preaching of Your Word for the sake of Jesus, we pray in His name. Amen. If you would take your copies of God's Word, open them to Matthew chapter 1 once again, and let us stand together as we hear now the Word of God. Now the birth of, verse 18, Matthew 1, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and willing to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God endures forever. You may be seated. This morning we have heard from Scripture every passage that dealt with the first advent of our Lord. Beginning in the Old Testament, at the very beginning, Genesis 3, all the way to the last of the Gospels in John. We have sung the hymns reminding us of the first advent. And we come back now to one of those passages that we have already read this morning in Matthew chapter 1. And in this passage, there is a dilemma. The dilemma is found for Joseph. As we'll see, he is betrothed to Mary and she is with child. And he thought the worst of his betrothed. But we also face the fact that our Lord was born of a virgin. We have heard it already. And Isaiah is mentioned here again this morning. And the doctrine of the virgin birth of Christ is one of the most important that God has given, given us concerning the, the birth, life, work, death, and resurrection of Christ. But at the same time, for over a century, is one of the doctrines that have been attacked the most. Around 20 or 25 years ago, there was a, a poll taken in Protestant seminaries concerning the virgin birth of our Lord. And 56% of those polled rejected the idea that Jesus was born of a virgin. Now they rejected it because they had rejected the word of God. 
The virgin birth is an essential doctrine. If Jesus had a human father, then the Bible is untrustworthy. Because the Bible tells us that he did not have one. If Jesus was born simply of human parents, there is no way to describe the reason for his supernatural life. And so his virgin birth, his substitutionary death, his bodily resurrection, and his second coming are all a part of the package of his deity. And so either we believe these things or we do not. Either we believe the Word of God or we believe it is a lie. And so there are four things I want us to see here this morning. And and the first are the, the circumstances surrounding the first advent of our Lord. Again, in verse 18, we notice that Mary was betrothed to Joseph. and She was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Now, a betrothal at that time uh, was as binding as our marriage is today. To be betrothed to someone meant that you were married. It was just that the relationship had not yet been consummated. To say that Mary was betrothed to Joseph meant that that though she was not living under his roof, she had pledged and he had pledged to be married to one another in front of witnesses and that betrothal would last a year and then there would be a wedding and the wedding would last seven days and according to the law of Moses when a woman was unfaithful to her espoused husband then she was to be brought to the steps of her father's house and stoned to death for violating the pledge she had made. And so God took the betrothal very seriously. And, and at this time, however, we know that the, the, the law in that sense was not practiced, but a divorce would be granted for a violation of that covenant. And so here's Joseph. He, he, he hears of Mary being with child, but the, the child is not Joseph's child. And the child is not the child of another man, but she was... With the child by the Holy Spirit. Now is that possible? Is it possible for the Holy Spirit to come upon a a young woman and, and impregnate her? And the answer is yes. Because God can do whatever He pleases. He is God. He is creator of this world. Therefore He is over all the laws of this world. And He can do supernatural things. And at this moment in time He was doing a a supernatural thing. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary and she was with child. But yet she had not known a man. Now again, if Jesus were not born of a virgin, if, if Jesus was only an ordinary man, then we can conclude that He was born like all other men. But he's not. He wasn't born like anybody else. If he was simply the illegitimate child of of Mary's infidelity, or if he was the child of, of Joseph's natural sexual activity with Mary, then he is not God. And if Jesus is not God, then he's a liar. His claims are lies, and if his claims are lies, then 
his salvation is a hoax, if his salvation is a hoax, then, then we are in trouble. We are in real trouble because we are all damned and condemned in our sins. And so Matthew clearly records for us that God entered the flesh by, by a virgin in which seed was planted by the Holy Spirit. And so verse 19, we have the dilemma There is Joseph, he hears that she is with child, but he is a just man and he is unwilling to put her to shame. And so he resolves in his heart just to divorce her quietly. Now notice, first of all, Joseph was a righteous or just man. What other type of man would God send his son to be raised by? He was a righteous man. He He loved the law of God. He he knew what the law meant and what the law said concerning adultery. And so he decides to put her away quietly. Not to bring public disgrace to Mary. He was a kind man. He cared deeply for Mary. He was betrothed to her. He loved her. And so he decided in his heart to quietly put her away. We can say that Joseph had called the lawyers together and said to them, I need you to draw up divorce papers and send her away secretly. And in the middle of that dilemma, God comes by way of an angel. The angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream in verse 20. And he says to Joseph, son of David, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The angel reminds Joseph of who he is. He is a son of David. Reminding him that he is a son of David, he is reminded of what God had promised to David. What did God promise to David back in 2 Samuel 7? That the house and kingdom of David would endure before God forever. And that the throne of David would be established forever. And so the angel comes and gives an assurance to Joseph that Mary had not been unfaithful. That in fact something supernatural was happening. A miracle had taken place. And the fact that the Holy Spirit had come upon Mary. And so those are the circumstances. The second thing we see, we, we see in verse 21, and that is the reason. Why, why did Jesus come in his first advent? You know, much around celebrating the first advent of Christ is so commercial, isn't it? Buying presents, doing different things, enjoying different things. Yes, none of those things are wrong in and of themselves. Until they take the place of Jesus. Uh, until we, we forget why Jesus came. Again, I, I said this last week. I'll say it again. He didn't come for us to get presents this morning or yesterday. Or whenever he came. He came for a specific purpose. And the angel reminds us of that. And the very fact that he tells Joseph to give the son, a son being born to Mary uh, a name. And you shall call his name Jesus. Now what's in a name? Well, there's a lot in a name, isn't there? We will see what the name Jesus means there in verse 21. For he will save 
His people from their sins. The name Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua or Jehoshua. It simply means this, Yahweh saves. The Lord saves. And so the angel tells Joseph, name him Jesus, for he will save who? He will save his people from their sins. That's why he came. He came to lay down his life. He came to save his elect, to save those whom the Father would give to him. And we know that the Father gave to him a certain definite great number of people, men, women, and children to save by way of his death. And so from the very beginning of his life, at the very time of his birth, Joseph and Mary knew why Jesus came, why the Son of God came to this earth. It was to save his people. Now, did he do that? Well, the answer is yes. We know that he lived a perfect life of obedience to his Father according to the law of God. He then went to to the cross of Calvary and he laid down his life as the perfect Passover Lamb of God at the cross. And in order that he would save his people from their sins, not, not his sins, he had none, but he did all of this to save those whom the Father had given him. And we should never lose sight of that because we are part of that. We, we who have been saved in Christ, we were in our sins and we are dead in sins and trespasses. And Jesus came to save us. If we know him this morning. But then there's a third thing we notice concerning the first advent of Christ. And we have already noticed this in all the scriptures we read this morning. The first advent of Christ is a fulfillment of God's word. Now notice verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. The first advent of our Lord in all respects was exactly how God had said, how God had ordained, how God had spoke through the prophets. That's why I'm so disappointed to hear what we hear in John 1. That Jesus came to His own, to His own people, but they did not receive Him. Every passage in the Old Testament concerning the Messiah who would come, Jesus fulfilled perfectly. There is no doubt that Jesus is the Messiah. The prophet spoke of the fact that he would come in exactly the way that he came. The prophets of the Old Testament spoke of the coming Christ. The New Testament, we see in the Gospels how it exactly came to pass. We are taken back to a passage we've already read. Isaiah 7 and verse 14 again. The virgin shall be with child. And bear a son. And not only will he have the name Jesus, but he has another name, Emmanuel. Which means God with us. The one who would be born of the virgin would be God with us. Not only Yahweh saves, but God with us. And there's so much in, in those words. We, we are reminded again 
that in the gospel, our God has come to be with us. He's not just sitting in heaven. He, he is with us all the time. He is always with us. He is Emmanuel. The very mystery of the incarnation in which the divinity and humanity of Jesus are united in one person. It is too much for us, but we must believe it. The Word became flesh. And not only did the Word become flesh, but the Word tabernacled among us. And we have seen the glory of that Word. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so the first advent of our Lord is a fulfillment of Scripture. But then fourth and finally this morning, we end with the obedience of Joseph. And what would we expect? The Word of God tells us he is a just and righteous man. Why would we think he would do anything different? When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. But knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Now many times Joseph is overlooked because we think more of Mary. A certain false religion worships her this morning. But have you ever thought what it must have been like for Joseph? Here you have the responsibility to raise the Son of God. The Messiah. The son that you're responsible to raise knows everything about you. Knows more than you. Really knows more, not just what our children think they know more about. Because he is Lord. But God has entrusted him to raise his son. And, and he must have been some man to be able to deal with a perfect son. Because that's what he dealt with. But Joseph was a righteous man. This righteousness shines through in the fact that he did exactly as God said. He was obedient to God. He did exactly what he was told. He took Mary as his wife. He took her as wife. He obeyed. Um, and, and he obeyed without any wavering whatsoever. He did not question it. He did not hesitate. No matter what would be said of him and Mary, he took her as a wife. But she was a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he named that son Jesus. He took her as his wife but did not know her intimately until after Jesus was born. This tells us something that Mary was not and did not remain a virgin. Nowhere in Scripture do we find such teaching. We know that Mary and Joseph, they will have other children for Jesus will have half-brothers. But here is this righteous man and he was perplexed what to do with this woman he was betrothed to and he did that which God told him to do. Unwavering obedience. Now we hear all of this and what application can we make here this morning? Well, first, as we have again been face to face with the doctrine of the virgin birth of Christ, understand it is one of the most important doctrines and we are to hold to it. We are not to deny it. 
To deny the virgin birth is to deny all the scriptures tell us about Jesus. Now you might say, well, that is impossible. A virgin to be with child, how can that be? Well, it is impossible, but not for God. Again, God is creator, sustainer. He is over all things. It is not impossible for the God who has created all things in the space of six days by the word of His power to impregnate Mary by the power of His Holy Spirit. He is all-powerful. The Word of God tells us that Jesus was born of a virgin. And this we must believe if we dare call ourselves Christians. If we do not believe it, we have no business calling ourselves Christians because we're not. Second, we we see in Joseph a, a man of righteousness. A man that is often overlooked but a man who was loved, who loved God and was loved by God. And he loved God's word and he was obedient to that word. And he is an example to us. God came to him in a dream. That's the way God communicated back then. He doesn't communicate that way anymore. And, and Joseph heard the angel of the Lord. He, he took it all in. He immediately woke and he went and did exactly what God told him to do without delay. And so he is an example of faith. He is an example of how we are to live righteously before God and the world. But then third of all, we are to look to Jesus for our salvation. That's what Joseph and Mary both did. We read the Magnificat of Mary, her song of praise. And Mary knew well why she was with child. Mary knew well what God had revealed to her concerning her son. She knew what he came to do. And she knew as well that she must put her faith in him as Joseph did. As Joseph knew to put his faith in this son that God had given to them. And we are to look to Jesus alone for our salvation. He is God with us. He came to save His people from their sins. Now we might think, well, I have no sins. Well, you do. We all do. We're all sinners this morning. And and the only difference between those of us who have been saved is the fact that we've been saved by the grace of God from those who have not been. And we've been imputed with the righteousness of Christ, but we still sin daily. And we are in need of Christ's blood and salvation. All men are in need of that. And this is why He came. Not just to open the possibility of salvation, but to actually achieve salvation for His people. And He is God with us. That means He will never leave us nor forsake us, as the writer of Hebrews tells us. And He has done all that is necessary for the salvation of His people. So let me ask you, are you looking to Christ alone for your salvation? Do you trust in in Christ alone, the God-man born to Mary and Joseph? Then today is a great day to do just that, to turn to Him in faith and to repent of your sins. 
As one commentator says, think of it. He, he who came to save men from their sins promises to dwell with us and in us. How does this happen? How can one experience God's salvation and God's presence only in Christ? We must confess our sins and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. We must trust in Him as our righteousness. It is then that He will save us and dwell with us and in us. Is He your Savior? Does He dwell with you and in you? This is what He came to do. I pray that you would come to Him and know Him as Savior. And as your constant companion. And then you will understand the meaning of the name Jesus. You shall call His name Jesus. For He will save His people from their sins. May God add His blessing to the reading of hearing and preaching of His Word. Let us pray. O Lord God, as we come to You now in prayer, we confess this morning that we too often have taken for granted the first advent of our Lord. And that we do not view it as we should. We ask that You would forgive us of that and and all the, the many sins we have committed against You, not only today, but every day, We sin. Every day we disobey your word. And and we do those things that you tell us not to do. Instead of those things. and And we don't do those things that you command us to do. And truly there is no good in us. But we thank you this morning, O Lord, that you sent your son, your only son. Your only begotten son to save us. We thank You for the life that He lived and the fact that He was always obedient in thought and word and indeed never transgressing the law of His heavenly Father, never transgressing His own law. Living perfectly in every way for us. We thank You, O God, that then He went to the cross and He died for the sins of His people to make us righteous. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you that as he ascended into heaven one day. He will descend from heaven. And he will come again to bring us home. Lord we ask that day would come quickly. But until then father may we be faithful in prayer. May we be faithful in interceding with and for one another. Father we pray today for your church. We thank You for the church of Jesus Christ. We pray for her wherever she is gathered on this Your day. And O Lord, we ask and pray that You would send revival to Your church. Begin with us here today. Revive our spirits. Revive us, O Lord. And may we glorify You in all things. O Lord God, we pray for our missionaries and lift up these men and their families to You. On this day, ask for their protection and care, for their ministry, for their preaching. That you would use it just as we pray you would use here this morning to save your elect, to bring your people to faith in Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, we pray and ask your 
blessing upon Vanguard Presbyterian Church. Be with all the ministers and evangelists who are preaching today. Oh Lord, help them, help us to preach well and to preach the gospel. As you give us opportunity today to do just that. Oh Lord God, we pray that you would, we pray for the civil magistrates. And ask that you would bring many in the civil magistrate to saving faith in Jesus Christ. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would save many in our government and, and raise up godly men to serve in these capacities. Now, Lord God, we pray for the sick this morning. Those who are not here because of illness, we ask for healing. Those who are not here because of injury, we pray that you would heal them as well. And the Lord God, we thank you that we can pray to you. That you encourage us to come and to pray. And we do so. And we know that as we pray this morning. For those things agreeable to your will. And in the name of Jesus that you will hear us. And you will answer our prayers. We pray all of this in Jesus name. Amen.